Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese. And I'm a shell of Laura Brodnick. I'm trying to record today. <laughs> oh my God. We're about an hour late recording, but we are doing it. If we have recorded those 20 minutes of setup, I can't even imagine what people would think. It was just the biggest comedy of errors. I've never heard of such a thing. I felt like that song should have been playing like... It's a carnival song. I was about to say, guys, maybe we just don't do the podcast for two weeks. This isn't going to work. I'm standing up in a closet with my face pushed in pillows. I'm about to be killed by this blanket. You're sitting in a closet... It's just not a glam time for us. No, we've got to do it. We've got to do it for our spillers. We are dedicated to putting this episode together. Let's do it. Jennifer Aniston is on the cover of People magazine this week where she opened up about getting over one of her biggest phobias. So why has there been backlash and is it valid? Before we get into that, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. Well, kicking things off today, we have a little bit of a pop star war. I wouldn't even call it that. It's just a bit of a pop star beef that's happening in the public eye at the moment. So Courtney Love is accusing Olivia Rodrigo of copying the cover of Hole's 1994 album, Live Through This, without giving her any credit. So the iconic Hole album cover that she's talking about, it shows Courtney Love as a prom queen and she's wearing a tiara and holding a bouquet of flowers. And as she looks to kind of be celebrating her big prom queen win, her mascara is all smudged below her eyes and she's crying. In Olivia Rodrigo's new image for her number one debut album, Sour, which is at the top of the charts at the moment. I'm sure everyone's bopping along to it. Her cover art shows her wearing a tiara, holding a bouquet of roses, and you can see traces of mascara, not as much as Courtney, but it's visible, traces of mascara running down her face. So Courtney Love shared the two images side by side on her social media accounts and said, spot the difference, hashtag twinning at Olivia Rodrigo. And then, of course, comments started pouring in from fans on both sides of the fence, and a lot of them were at first confused over whether Courtney was being a bit passive-aggressive or whether she was kind of supporting the young artist and trying to show that their works were similar. But then Courtney started replying to people, and it was clear that she was very upset. So Courtney said it was rude of her not to ask myself or Ellen Von Unworth, who is the kind of creative person behind the album cover. It's happened my whole career, but manners are manners. Courtney Love then went on to say, stealing an original idea and not asking permission is rude. There's no way to be elegant about it. I'm not angry. It happens to me all the time. I am either have to be very gracious or say nothing, but this was bad form. It's not bullying or bomb throwing. This person's music has nothing to do with me and possibly never will, but I have every right to stick up for my work. 
So, Key, I don't know if you've seen the two album covers. I have. They're pretty similar. They are very similar. And you know that old saying, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery. I think that 90s is just having such a big revival at the moment. Hole was one of the biggest bands and Courtney Love, one of the biggest stars of that period. So it's clear that they've taken some kind of creative inspiration from her album cover. And I kind of think she is right to call it out. Yeah, exactly, because they're just too similar to be a coincidence. The other thing, though, I think Olivia Rodrigo is not pulling the strings here. Like, you know, she's a really young Disney starlet who's been plucked out by that huge machine behind Disney and the kind of music label that's put out her album. They would have designed that cover for her. It's possible that she is not across Courtney Love's work or Hole's work, you know, like maybe she's not sort of across that influence. And so it's possible that someone in the creative team that's driving her and that's making her into a business and a brand has taken inspiration from it, plopped her on this cover. It's at the top of the charts and now Courtney Love's seen it and it's kind of like looking in a mirror from her past work. And she's probably, as she's saying, like feeling a little bit fragile because for so many years people have like really questioned her as a musician. People like blame her for Kurt Cobain's passing and like about him stealing her music and she's kind of had this torrent of abuse the last couple of years so I wonder if that's just kind of tipped it over the edge a little bit and at the point of recording Olivia Rodrigo has not responded but she might do in the future well following on from Britney Spears speaking openly in court for the first time about her 13-year conservatorship where she made a lot of big claims and one of them was that her family is abusing her and her father should be in jail for the way he's taken control of her life over last few years. So as that's kind of been chugging away in the media cycle for the last few days and the push to kind of free Britney has really heightened as she looks to end her conservatorship, all eyes have now turned to her younger sister, Jamie Lynn Spears. So Jamie Lynn has pretty much remained silent about her older sister's testimony, which took place last Wednesday, but both she and her mother, Lynn Spears, have had to disable all comments on their social media accounts because of an onslaught of threats against them. So it's obviously fans of Britney Spears who are making these allegations, and if you look at the comments that they're leaving on different places around the internet, they are alleging that Jamie Lynn Spears stole money from Britney Spears and has been playing a key role in keeping her in this conservatorship against her will. So just to kind of cast your mind back to last year when a lot of the information around this started brewing, Jamie Lynn Spears was first linked to the conservatorship in 2020 when The Blast reported that it had obtained legal documents in which Jamie Lynn was named as the trustee of Britney Spears' estate back in 2018. So if you look at the court documents that were all amended in 2018, being the trustee of the account means Jamie Lynn will have the entire principle of Britney's trust fund in the event of her death, which means she'll pretty much control her fortune and the trust itself was set up so that that money would be there for her two children. So there are a lot of questions around that and the efficacy of what was taking place and whether her sister had her best interests at heart. And now this week, Jamie Lynn hasn't said anything, but her husband, Jamie Watson, yes, they are both called Jamie, might get confusing in that household, has released a statement on their behalf due to all the backlash that's coming their way. And he said, I can assure you her family loves her and wants the best for her. I wouldn't be around people who weren't. Who wouldn't want to be in support of Britney? But now the little sleuths over at TikTok, which seem to be the place where everyone goes to get to the bottom of conspiracy theories these days, have traced some information on the court documents 
back to Jamie Lynn Spears, and it does paint her in a bit of a bad situation. Let's talk about Miss Jamie Lynn Spears. Here it was reported she was seeking more control over Britney's finances. She had previously been named a trustee over Britney's estate in 2018. The specific finances was a trust fund that was set up for Britney's kids. And you're probably thinking, what's the big deal? Isn't she like, isn't it better that she's in charge of Britney's money than Britney's father? Well, not necessarily. Because Jamie Lynn chose Stonebridge Investment Council as the advisor for Britney's trust. And lo and behold, look who is the president of Stonebridge. I mean, follow the money. There are so many people involved in this. It's scary. So you can't hear it from there, but the name he's talking about is Mary Louise Taylor, better known as Lou Taylor, who was Britney Spears' former business manager. And there was a lot of headlines back in November of last year when Lou Taylor resigned from her position working for Britney Spears without giving Britney Spears any notice. And after being her manager for over a decade, there was a lot of talk that she had actually been one of the big masterminds behind keeping Britney Spears in that conservatorship for all those years. Although a lot of those claims haven't been proven, but this is what the kind of detectives on TikTok are saying. Yeah, it's just insane to really kind of comprehend how far this reaches and how twisted it gets. But husband Jamie of Jamie Lynn Spears, as if he wasn't going to say that, like, I just think he's come out and talked, I think, really for no reason. It was just very odd on the day of the hearing that happened. Like Jamie Lynn posted a photo to her Instagram about how she like got her finger caught in a door and she was just like talking about that. And it's like, this family just seems to never really know when to comment or the right thing to say or what to do, which always just stuns me because they've been in the public eye for decades, yet they've still handled these allegations really badly. Like, don't you want to get in front of it, kind of say something instead of putting your husband out there who just really has no credibility in the situation at all? Yeah, I do think Jamie 1 and 2, and 3 actually because the dad, 3 <laughs> Jamies, all Jamies involved, are kind of involved in a bit of shady business because the whole family, all of their income is reliant on Britney mm. Spears for the majority, especially for her parents, but also, you know, her sister's involved in it as well and she would – they haven't actually been clear, but it's thought that she would take some sort of a fee from being involved in the conservatorship and as a trustee. But pretty much the whole family's wealth and identity is all centered on this one person who they're all in control of. So I think it's very telling that they're not putting up any kind of statements at the moment because everyone's so closely watching these court documents be released now and these court appearances that it would just be very telling if they were to put up a motion of support for Britney Spears on their social media accounts and then have more documents come out to show exactly how tied into the conservatorship they are. So it's a very messy situation, that's for sure. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription.
Jennifer Aniston is the cover star of this week's issue of People magazine to promote her gig as the face of collagen brand Vital Proteins and in the lead up to her much anticipated second season of her Apple TV Plus series, The Morning Show, which is coming out in September, which really isn't that far away if you think about how bloody fast this year is flying by. Well, like any good interview with a female actor, the conversation moved to her diet. And people did note that Jennifer has famously followed the low-carb Atkins diet for years. And when asked about her current diet, she revealed that she had eased up a little. She said, I started to give myself a break, allowing yourself to have pasta, a sandwich. Everyone's very afraid of the bread basket and I'm no longer afraid as long as it's all done in moderation. She continued, there's something my body appreciates about having carbs like, oh, thank you. Why are you depriving me of the things I love? So my favorite headline about this that's kind of circulating at the moment is from The Cut, which read, Jennifer Aniston is in a peaceful place after overcoming fear of bread. So obviously they've taken quite a satirical look at it. And from first glance, that's really kind of where my head went. But then I remember the conversations that we've had before, and it's just another kind of example about a Hollywood starlet from the 90s that's kind of moved into her 50s and finally given herself room to eat and enjoy life after decades of, you know, punishing their body. And I thought it would be a good conversation for us to kind of get into today. Yeah, because it is easy at first glance, you're right, to laugh about this. And I'm picturing Jennifer Aniston, like maybe she's got pictures of bread stuck around her house for like immersion <laughs> therapy or does she picture bread like, you know how our nightmares might be like monsters or breaking into your house? Mine is Michael Myers from the Halloween series, like sleeping next to my bed. I feel like for Jennifer Aniston, her nightmare is little bread baskets chasing her around the house with little horns. Like it's obviously a real fear for her. But I also think it's interesting whenever these actresses, like you're saying, kind of go off script a little bit because behind the scenes, they all eat nothing. They like live this really toxic diet culture life. They have teams of professionals monitoring their bodies and their food and everything. And they do deprive themselves of like a lot of nutrients for years and years and years on end. But to the public, they're supposed to say, I just drink a lot of water or I just burn things off by running around. I feel the most beautiful when I'm sitting in my house with no makeup on in a white t-shirt, you know, like that kind of thing. But every so often they slip and sort of say like, yeah, I have to deprive myself quite severely to look like this. We spoke about another example of this reasonably recently when Drew Barrymore talked about the fact that, you know, her body type just can't stay thin. So she has to, you know, she can't eat certain foods and she restricts herself in certain ways. I did find it a little bit different because she was saying that's kind of how she continues to live. Whereas I think Jennifer Aniston has kind of acknowledged her past kind of ways of living and acknowledged, you know, that diet culture is a little bit insane when you think about it, but very realistic for her situation. And then another example I saw over the weekend was, and it's a little bit different, but Kate Hudson. So she's on a gorgeous family holiday in Greece at the moment with her two sons and her baby daughter along with her partner. And over the weekend, she put up these stories and I listened to them. I didn't get the audio, but I've got the transcript here. But it just blew my mind because she's very much in the thick of it still. I don't think she's acknowledging kind of 
the diet culture and the impact that it has and kind of when you're looking at it in the real world, how ridiculous it is. She revealed that she hadn't been responding well to exercise since welcoming her daughter, Rani Rose, back in 2018. And she said that she, you know, she didn't have the same amount of strength and energy after a third child. And in her story, she said, my body always snapped back pretty fast after babies. Food is 80% of the process always. But I realized she wasn't, she, when she's saying she, she's talking about her body. I realized she wasn't powering the way I like. I was quite athletic when I was younger and she hasn't been responding to my usual. I said, fuck it. And I called on a master to wake her ass up. And that's exactly what she's doing. And I kind of just felt like, isn't the reason why your body isn't responding and that you don't have the amount of strength and energy is because you have three kids? I didn't appreciate it in the way that I'm kind of appreciating Jen Aniston because I feel like Kate Hudson is very much in the thick of it. And I know she has a fabletics athletics range and her whole kind of brand now is this like very healthy life. But when someone who is clearly a size six is saying that, I just think like you're perpetuating really bad narratives around bodies and not acknowledging like that all the other people at home who have to work nine to five jobs, five or, you know, some people seven days a week, they don't have the access to that. So basically she's making me feel bad. Okay. And I'm in the middle of lockdown right now and I'm seeing Kate Hudson complain about being a size six and not having strength. And I'm just like, I need more people on my Instagram feed that are not making me feel bad. Yeah, but going back to what you were saying about Jennifer Aniston, like it's not like she's completely changed her lifestyle and she's being honest now. Like her making a little comment about a bread basket is the tip of the iceberg. Like she would still very much be in that really toxic diet culture cycle of Hollywood because you don't bounce out of that. So even though I think it's kind of helpful for her to make comments like that, like I don't think it's going to change that kind of curtain that Hollywood still has up over what actually takes behind the scenes to get their bodies to look like that. And it's so interesting about the backlash to Drew Barrymore. People weren't even like that angry at her saying that she didn't eat. They were angry at her saying that if she curbed her very intense diet and actually allowed herself to have some food, that she would be the size of a bus. And people that was very fat shamey, which it definitely is. But she's just repeating the language that she's been hearing since she was a child on those Hollywood sets. Like, if you eat, you won't get work anymore. It definitely perpetuates diet culture. And there are some celebrities, like I always think like Anne Hathaway because she lost that huge amount of weight to be in Les Mis because she was playing a woman who was literally malnourished and dying on the streets from disease. And the biggest question that she says every fan asked her and even publications asked her is like, can you please share the diet and how you got that way? And she was like, absolutely not. Because once you tell people the terrible diets that you take. Like people don't take that as a warning. They take that as a how-to method. And so she was like, no, we shouldn't even be having this conversation. But it was still the main thing people wanted to know from her weight loss situation. Yeah, that's kind of my issue, I guess, with this type of conversation is that as soon as people open up about their diet secrets, it ends up being a how-to. That's why people talk about weight. They try not to say, you know, what size they are or how much they actually weigh in kilos. And there's even how we report on eating disorders. We have to have different warnings at the top, you know, because we don't want to trigger people to go back into those eating habits. So my thing is, is like, if you have a company that is about athletics or I don't know, you're the face of a collagen brand, like, do you not owe us a little bit of like responsibility around how you're framing things. I mean, Jennifer Aniston did go on to say in that interview with People magazine that she had always worked out super hard every single day and that she one day woke up and she actually couldn't move. And so she went for an MRI and realized that she'd slipped, she had a bulging 
disc in her back and that is what pushed her into Pilates. So even she has acknowledged that the punishing of her body had real kind of side effects as she's ageing. I don't know. I just feel like a little bit upset with Kate Hudson about it all. She made me feel bad and I'm like – Imagine how many people are watching her stories and looking at her and being like, you have a really great life and amazing kids and you're complaining about this and like putting out these really intense workouts. Like I was watching them and I'm like, great, my mat Pilates that I'm going to try and do in lockdown. (laughs) What am I even (laughs) bothering for? (laughs) I know. And that's a thing too. Like it's not what the celebrities are saying that needs to be the fix. Like the fix needs to be about 10 steps back with what their managers are telling them and what the people are hiring them and are telling them. Because even though people keep saying like, we have this big body positivity movement and Victoria's Secret has killed their angels and everything's fine now. It's still like the people who are getting hired behind the scenes, especially from that not even older generations of actresses I wouldn't say 40 and 50s are older but from that generation where they really were told by studios like you must look this way or you will be fired and never work again like I think the hangover from that is going to last it's going to trickle down through the next couple of generations before there's any kind of real change Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spill today. I have seen an influx of people joining our Facebook group, and I don't know what it is. It's obviously listening to us and loving us so much. But I'm just going to say, if you haven't jumped on the bandwagon, you better because I really have a big goal for this lockdown. I want to get to 1,000 members in 11 days, which is like just as soon as lockdown finishes. So come and join our Facebook group. I put up the funny pictures that we were talking about from that weird sexy beast reality TV show on Friday. Come join. It's really fun. You'll love it. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.